Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, nice to see that so many of you made it through the 30 centimeters of snow to get here to church this morning. Good for you. This is why you don't pay attention to the weather, you know, for Sunday, way back on Monday and Tuesday and all that. And people calling for, well, I don't know how much snow it was. Anyhow, I like snow as long as it's in like snow globes or postcards, um, snow cones, snow cones are okay. Other than that, not so much. And uh, this is, you know, preacher problems. Like you, I don't know if you would even remember this, but last year it snowed uh, like 400 centimeters every Sunday of the winter. Like week after week after week after week. And, uh, you know, in the staff, we were just wondering, like, who is it? Who's the Jonah? Which one of you needs to repent? Because obviously there's, you know, like every Sunday, like, come on. So anyhow, this year, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to move all of those snow systems to Monday. And um, so, yeah, so anyhow, we're, we're, <laughs> well, we're working on that. And uh, that way you can, you can go in late, go in at lunch to work on Monday. It's going to be awesome. Um, so this has been a fun series, Living the Dream, and we've had baptisms and salvations and Jenny Riddle and uh, fantastic responses and excellent feedback. Uh, we've got new people coming every week. Uh, the Alpha group is going strong. Groups are going strong. Coffee's going strong. And uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. So today's the last day of this series, one more Sunday in this series today. And then next week, brand new series called Roller Coasters. Surviving the Ride of Your Life. And uh, I've learned not to ride roller coasters uh, much anymore, but we'll share some roller coaster stories and, uh, and talk about life. It's going to be a great series. Also, um, I want to thank you. I need to thank each and every one of you. Uh, those of you who responded last week, those of you who took Connect cards and brought them forward, and, and many, many, many of you volunteered for areas of ministry, youth and kids, and a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of you took those cards and just wrote, I am all in for Jesus, and, uh, and you know, put on big happy faces, and just the support and the response and all of that last Sunday was, was pure awesome sauce, and I just want to thank you for being a great, a great church. You're awesome. Way to go. So if this is your first Sunday here, uh, the last Sunday of this series, just let me explain quickly that we've been talking about living the dream as a sarcastic phrase that people use when, when what they really want you to know is they are definitely not living their dream. Their life is anything but their dream life. And you say, well, how are you doing? They say, oh, you know, man, I'm, I'm just living the dream. And, uh, and, the, and they're not. And we've been in the book of Philippians listening to the words of the Apostle Paul, who's writing from a, a Roman prison cell, and he's writing this letter to send it back as a, as a letter of encouragement to a church that he started in a city called Philippi. And there's a small group of, of Jesus followers. And Paul writes in this letter and, and sends it back. And so that's where we've been in the book of Philippians. And what Paul tells us in the book of Philippians is that regardless of what life gives you or where you find yourself, you can be living God's dream for your life if you have Jesus in the center of your life. So Paul's writing, I mean, his, his life is, is uh, I mean, he's just sitting there in this, in this Roman prison cell, but he, he's okay. And uh, he feels like he's living the dream because Christ is, is with him. Christ is central in his life. And Paul says that living the dream, is, it's not about what you have, but who has 
you, capital W on the who. It's not, it's not about, you know, what you have and the things that you have in this life. Living the dream is about who has you. So four chapters uh, in the book of Philippians, four weeks in our series. We're in Philippians chapter four today. And we haven't done this for a while, so um, it's only a few verses. So I think what we'll do is read the text together out loud. Um, don't, don't mumble it out loud. Uh, God's word, let, let's, let's read it out loud. And uh, we'll put it up here on the screen and we'll start reading together. Okay, here we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. That's great. Well, we've already studied this text at least once this year. I don't know, maybe twice. Uh, maybe this is the third time. I'm not sure. But it's one of those scriptures that you, you can just keep going back to it. It's so good. It's so rich. It's, it's just um, it's helpful. It's what we need to hear. Paul has learned, he's learned how to have a deep-rooted, unshakable peace that goes beyond anything that we can comprehend. And, and in fact, when he's writing about this peace that he's experiencing in this Roman prison cell, when, when he's writing to us, he says, look, it's just, it's, it, I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I can't even, it's beyond my comprehension. The, the peace that I'm experiencing in my life right now, it, it, it almost doesn't even make sense. It's mind-blowing. It's just, it's just bigger than anything that we can, can, can comprehend. It's the kind of peace that, that when you experience peace at this level, you hardly know how to put it into words. And, and if someone asks you, like, well, how do you have peace in that situation? Like, with all that you're going through, how is it that you're capable of having this kind of peace? And Paul says, you know what, it, it, you might not even be able to explain it. You, you might find yourself trying to find the words. Like, like, it's a peace that you can't even, that you can't understand yourself. You just have to say that, you know, I, I don't know, you'd have to say, well, look, there's, in Philippians chapter 4, there's this there's this recipe, there's this formula, there's this, this God equation for peace that sounds crazy, but it works. It's a peace that the world cannot give. It's a peace that, that cannot be found in anything else. And Paul, when he, he shares this with us, he's writing out of his own experience. Like, he has found this to be true. He's, he's, not, he's not trying to create, you know, something mystical for us. He's saying, look, this is, this is what God is doing in my life right now. Paul believes this. He's experiencing this. And he knows that this, this peace that God has given him, it's not just a, uh, you know, something that only Paul will experience. He knows that this is, this is God's will for everyone. This is the peace that God wants all of us to experience. And Paul also knows uh, that Jesus taught a lot about peace. And what Jesus taught us is that peace is not situational. It's, it's relational. And we get that mixed up all the time. Uh, because we're human. And, and what we do is when, when there's no peace found in our situation, then we lose our peace. 
But, but the Bible teaches us that peace is not situational, it's relational. It's not where you find yourself at this particular moment or tomorrow or next week or whatever. It's not where you, you happen to find yourself in life, but who you find yourself in. Ooh, don't back that up. It's not where, it's not the situation, it's not where you find yourself right now. It's who you find yourself in. So it's not situational, it's relational. In the great scripture that, that Jesus gave us on, on peace, it comes from John chapter 14. Jesus knows that he's going to be crucified. He's teaching his disciples and he's giving them words of, of hope. And I'm not going to be here much longer, but here are some things that you really, really, really need to know. And he's teaching them about, about hope and peace. And, and so for us this morning, on this side of the resurrection, when we look back and read those words of Jesus, they remind us, they, they teach us, they help us understand that, that we can receive all of God's peace. We can receive it. We can receive all of God's peace as a gift from heaven. Now, here's the verse that Jesus shared in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Like Pastor Carl, you're leaving me with a gift this morning. Jesus says, you know, I'm not going to be here. Somebody catch that fly right there, that one. Unbelievable. Don't they die? Like, how can there be flies every week? Does anybody know what scripture we're in? John 14, what verse? 27. All right, you're with me. Good. And Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I can't stay. I got to go. But, but here's, here's a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give, is it's a gift that the world cannot give. Jesus says, the kind of peace that I can give you, you cannot find anywhere else. There is nothing like it. It is indescribable. It is beyond your comprehension. There is, there's just nothing that can compare with the peace that I, that I give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let me, let me go back and read the verse. This time I'll read the whole verse without stopping 17 times. Even if a fly lands on my nose, I won't stop. John 14, 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Peace is a gift. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that you, you strive for or, or, or work for. It's something that you receive. And, and sometimes, you, you've, you've done this before probably. I, I'm guessing all of us have done this at one point or not. Sometimes the, the peace of God is available, but you're not ready for it, and you refuse the peace of God. Sometimes it's like, I am not done being stressed out about this. You've done that. Like You, you, you could reach out for the peace of God, but you, you just haven't fussed enough. You haven't fumed enough. You haven't, you know, fretted about that. that you're, not, you're just not done with, with what, that, what that, that is. I haven't worried quite enough. And I am happy in my little funk. And when I'm ready to come out of my funk, then I'll accept the peace of God, but not right now. Right? And, and, and you've probably done something like that. One of the reasons that, that Paul was living the dream from a Roman prison cell is because he accepted God's gift of peace. He just, he just accepted it. It's like, bring it on, God. I'll take all the peace that you can give me. Whatever amount of peace that you want to pour into this cold, 
dark prison cell. I'll take all the peace. I'll receive it as a free gift. You just, you just pour your peace on me, Lord, and I won't refuse it. I will take all that you want to give me. Now, peace did not set Paul free from Rome, but it did set him free from worry, fear, and anxiety. It didn't set him free from Rome, but it did set him free from worry, fear, and anxiety. Peace doesn't always change your situation, but it can always change you. Peace can change you from bitter to better. Peace can, can, can recharge the, the, the fire, the flame uh, of Christ in your life so that you can, you can shine brighter. You, you just simply can't shine as bright for Jesus as you should when you're burdened, when you're worried, when you're under the pressure of fear and anxiety and all those. You can't shine like that. You allow the peace of God to pour into your life. You can shine brighter for Jesus. And people would say to you, how do you do it? What is your secret? Like, I I don't understand because I know what's going on in your life, but yet you seem to have a peace about it. Hello, open door to talk about Jesus. You can say, you know what? Uh, You might not understand this. I'm not even sure that I understand it myself, but it's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. It, 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 I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But, 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 but it's true. And, and God has given me a peace regardless of, of everything that's going on in my life. Peace can get your focus off of your problems and onto your blessings. So let's go back over uh, this formula, Paul's equation, this recipe from uh, Philippians chapter 4. And I know it's, it's really, really complicated. And we'll, we might have to go over it several times. But you're, you're a sharp congregation. And I, I think eventually you'll get it. Let's put it up here on the screen. On the screen, here it is. Don't worry about everything. That's the first part. And the second part, pray about everything. There, there it is. There's Paul's, Paul's formula, Paul's equation. This is the way that Paul says God can bring peace. Did you get it? Or we, we need to go back over that again. Okay, all right, one more time, one more time, one more time. The Sharpie's got it the first time. But here we go, one more time. Paul says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Okay, in case you didn't get it, we're going to put it into a mathematical equation. We'll show it to you a different way. Let's look at it this way. Here we go. I'm, I'm terrible at math. I never got a grade 12 math credit. They just said to me, Guptal, get out of here. I said, am I not supposed to have math? They said, everybody else but not you. Get out. <laughs> here it is. Less worry plus more prayer equals, say it out loud. All right, say the whole equation with me then. Less worry and more prayer equals there it is. It's, 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 so, it's so simple. Okay, let me, let me demonstrate it this way. Follow me over, over here to the jars. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid the, the worries in life. We're all going to have worries. Like, we're, we're, we're doing this deal called life, and life is messy, and stuff happens. And so, we're going to call this first one worry, okay? And, and we all have worries. You're, you're not going to be able to live... That was a bad day. You're not going to be able to live w- 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 without worries, right? And some of you are thinking about, you know, about work tomorrow. And you're like, oh, I'll drop a few more in. And i got to go face so-and-so. And there's this and there's that. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, we got to get snow tires on the car. And we, do, we, don't, we don't have any money. Like four, one for each tire. Like how are we going to put snow tires on, on the car? And Christmas is coming. And the kids are... Are, are 
or, or you know, having a hard time in, in school. And well, watch this one. I ate all the leftover Halloween candy. You know, it's just like, oh my goodness. What in the world? <laughs> Confessions, you're in church, you want to confess, you ate all the Halloween candy. A few honest people. You know, and, and there's, there's, there's children, and there's finances, and there's marriage, and there's, there's, there's everything. And before you know it, life starts to pile up. And, and the worries start to pile up. And, and you're, you're starting to get overwhelmed. And you don't even know, like, what do I do with this stuff? How do I, how do I deal with, with all the, the stuff in my life? So what's this jar going to be over here? Prayer. It's the prayer jar. And, and, and if you follow Paul's, Paul's simple equation from Philippians chapter 4, Paul says what, what we need to do is we need to get in there. We got, this, we got this stuff in the wrong jar. And he says you need to take those worries, those, those things, those, those issues of life, and you need to take them one by one. And you need to give it to Jesus. Paul says take it out. You got your stuff in the wrong jar. And you got to take that stuff. You got to take the four snow tires and give it to Jesus. And you got to take the junk from work and you got to give it to Jesus. And you got to take the, the marriage and you got to give it to Jesus. And you got you to take all these things. Paul says, get, get them out of there and get them over where they're supposed to be. Over there to Jesus Christ. Paul says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done the things that you don't have an answer for, the things that, that are weighing you down, the things that are causing the stress in your life, and you literally take those things and you give them to Jesus and you say, God, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not strong enough for all this. I can't handle all of this. And I'm, I'm going to pray about this. We're going to deal with this. And I need you to, to carry this stuff. I'm going to trust you with this area of my life. I'm going to rest in your wisdom, your timing, your will for my life. And you take them out of the, the worry jar and you put them in the prayer jar. Now I'm going to come back to that in a second, but let's look at, at verse 7. Let's look at verse 7. Paul says, then you will experience God's peace. So then is after you've taken things out of the worry and put them over to prayer. Paul says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That fly was on my head. I was reading that text. <laughs> Look, a squirrel. Okay. Okay, catch this game. Paul's saying when God sends his peace, he places it on guard. Peace comes into your life and it literally stands on guard at your heart and your mind. God's peace defends you. It, it's there to protect you. It fortifies you. It shields you. Now, this is good news. The peace of God, it, it, it not only drives out the worry and, and, the, and the stress and the anxiety out of your life, but it shields you. It guards you. It strengthens you. God's peace gives you a, a, a resolve and a, and a greater resiliency to the stuff of life that the, the stuff that we all face that's, that's trying to attack us and tear us apart. And Paul says, hey, God can, God can help you with that. 
God can bring a peace into your life that you can't even understand. And that peace is working for you. That peace is in your corner. That peace will protect you. It'll shield you. It'll guard you from that stuff. Uh, and if you find that your, your worry jar is going up, Paul says, hey, if, 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 you're, if, you're, if you're getting stuff in the wrong jar and you find that your worry jar is going up, Paul says, you know, get back in there and get those things and move them over to the Lord and pray about those things and make sure that your prayer jar is always higher than your worry jar. Okay. That's good. Now, now you can do this. You don't, you don't need two of those big fancy schmancies and you don't need shiny green marbles or stones. But you can do this. You can, you can go home this afternoon, anytime. Uh, take a couple bowls, a couple of coffee cups, whatever. And um, write down your worries one by one on a little piece of paper. Write them down. I'm worried about this. And I'm worried about that. You know, do, 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 do. Write them down. And um, when you think, okay, there it is. There, there, that's it. That's the stuff in my life. Take them one by one. Take one. And pray about it. And give it to the Lord. And put it in a different bowl. And, go and, and then go... Get the next one and pray about it and put it in a different bowl and go and get the next one and get the next one and get the next one and get the next one. And then if you find that, you know, after a while you, you start to you start to worry about something, go back to the prayer bowl, get that worry out, pray about it, deal with it, and put it back in the prayer bowl. And make sure that your your prayer jar is always higher than your worry jar. Okay, verse eight. But verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters of Moncton Wesleyan Church, one final thing. I love the preacher in Paul. He says just, just one more thing, and then he gives us like six. <laughs> so it's kind of like me when I say, well, okay, I'm going to land the plane. And, and you know, land the plane for me means, well, we're going out around Shediac, and we're going to go down through Dieppe, and we might, you know, circle around Sussex. And he's going to land the plane eventually, but he, it's not like he's going to drop from 30,000 feet. Um, actually, this morning we do drop from 30,000 feet. That's, that, that's coming. But Paul says, uh, fix uh, one final thing. Here we go. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. And this verse, verse 8, it, it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not like a separate, distinct add-on thought it's very, very connected to the first the, the, the verses that we read earlier. Very, very, very connected to worry and prayer resulting in peace. It's all connected. What Paul is saying is not only do you turn all of your worries over to Jesus, get them out of that jar, get them over in the prayer jar, not only do you turn all your worries over to Jesus, but you, we, I, all of us, we have to make some specific decisions, some specific choices about what we choose to focus on. Paul's saying, hey, God will do his part, but we need to do our part. You need to do your part. For most of us, just hearing this this morning is, is, is not going to do it. Like you, just hearing a sermon about peace, it's not like you're just going to flip the switch and, and, and have wonderful, everlasting peace for the rest of your life. If it was that simple, we would have done it already, or you'd do it right now, and it, it'd, be, it'd be a piece of cake. It's not that simple. There's, there's specific things, choices that, that we need to do. There's our part that we need to do that really makes this work. 
you'll need to make some specific choices and you might have to have some hard conversations in order for you to, to, to get some resolution on this. You might have to call some people. You might have to talk to some people and, and resolve some stuff. You might have to make some changes in your life. But here's what Paul's saying in verse 8. Did you know, did you know that you can choose what you focus on? That's a choice that you can make. That you get to choose the things that you focus on. And you can actually choose to not focus on the things that drive out the peace in your life. And you can actually choose to focus on the things that make your life more peaceful. Paul says it's a choice. He says you got a choice. You, you can focus on all the worries or you can focus on all the stuff that will actually bring peace in your, in your, in your life. Um, it's like choosing what you focus on, going down the Trans-Canada, and up ahead on the road, I see a really nasty piece of roadkill. And I think, when I drive by that, I'm not going to look, because that's going to be bad. And I'm driving, and I'm thinking, don't look, don't look, don't look. Oh, my word, what in the world hit that thing? That's terrible. Oh, my goodness, that is all over the road. What? I don't even know what that is. What in the world? You get to choose. I know it's just a silly little illustration, but you get to choose what you focus on. Hey, you might have certain people in your life, and, and when, you, when you get, you know, just too much time with them, they drag you down. There might be people in your life that actually help to bring you down. They actually help you focus on all the wrong things. They remind you of all the stuff that you've got to be worried about, and, and they, just, they just bring you down. They don't help uh, bring peace into your life, and you might have to make some decisions there. Um, you could stay so, so dialed into to the wrong stuff and, and Facebook. Did you know that you can turn your computer off? Did you know that you can just, you know, you just take a, a, a fast from that. Say, I'm just, I'm just not going to dwell in that, in that negative headspace or whatever, whatever that might be. Another personal one for me, I used to be a CNN junkie. I, I used to just watch an awful lot of CNN. We've done the tour of CNN in Atlanta, been through the, the building and all that. I got a bright red CNN mug in my office and all that sort of stuff. And, and then it, it, just, it just seemed that, it, it seemed like they were less reporting news and more just trying to stir up fear. And, and that's the way I felt. Now, I'm not telling you to stop watching CNN. You, don't go home and go on Facebook and say, he told us not to watch CNN. That will not help the sermon at all. I'm just saying, for me, for me, I had to make a decision. You know what? There's only so much of that that I can take. And I don't have my head in the sand. I still watch the news, and I know what's going on around the world. But I couldn't stay in that headspace all the time because it wasn't helping worry, fear, and anxiety. And I thought, well, if, I, if I'm going to have more peace in my life, I've got to make some real decisions here about, about what I'm going to do. So to help drive this home, don't forget where Paul is when he's writing this. Prison. Stone walls, open sewer, scrap rations for food, guards, intimidation, humiliation, degradation. And he chooses not to focus on those things. He makes a choice. I'm not going to dwell on, on, on my surroundings. I'm not going to dwell on my situation. I'm going to choose to focus on other things because you can make a choice. It's a choice of what, you're, what you want to focus on. And he chooses not to, to fix his thoughts on where he is or where his life has taken him 
or what he's stuck with or all the things that he's not enjoying, Paul chooses to fix his thoughts on things that are above. That was timely. (laughs) Fix your thoughts on things that are above as the air unit kicked in. I'm not sure what, what, is that hail? It's rain. It could be snow. All right, it could be snow. Wow. Well, we may as well, I may as well preach until it stops raining because you're not going to go to your car anyhow. Baby, that's a rain. Okay. Fix your thoughts on things that are above. The Greek word, can you hear me? All I can hear is the rain pounding. All right. The Greek word, I'm coming out. The Greek word that Paul uses for fix means to, it means to take account. It means to, to consider deeply, to, to weigh Kind of like a count your blessings, like, like, like focus on and weigh all the good things in your life. You, you fix your thoughts by, by considering all the things that really matter the most. Focusing on things that are, that are right. Paul says, you know, just think about the things that are true, the things that are pure, the things that are worthy of our praise. Get your focus off of all the things that are, that are wrong with your life or all the things that are wrong in this world. And so Paul decides that he's not going to dwell on his cell. He's not captive to his captivity. He, he's stuck, but he chooses to soar anyhow. He's physically bound, but he's spiritually free. And he encourages all of us, really, he writes this letter for eternity, and he encourages all of us to make a clear and specific choice to take Take every worry, every fear, anything that causes you stress and anxiety, and and literally literally take those things and move them over to God's plate. Get them off your shoulders and over to God. Get them out of your worry jar and over to your prayer jar and accept and receive God's free gift of peace and stop fighting our own battles, but let the peace of God stand guard at your heart, stand guard at your mind so that we can Stop focusing on all the stuff that weighs us down, that we can continually focus on the good things that God has done and he brings into our lives. And so that's the message from Philippians chapter 4. Well, I said I was going to drop from 30,000 feet and boom, there we are. And to close this morning, what I, we're going to do a couple, of, uh, a couple of invitations. One is going to be for anyone here this morning who'd, who'd like to... Uh, accept and follow Jesus. But the first one, for, for those of you who are here who could use more peace, for those of you who have been wrestling uh, with, with, with worry, fear, anxiety, and it, and it doesn't feel right. And you, you know, as a, as a child of God, um, I, I should be, there should be more peace in my life. And I don't want to focus on all those things in the worry jar. And I want to take those things and I want to, I want to move them over to God. And and I want to receive God's gift of peace, the peace that Jesus said he was going to leave with us. And I I want God's peace to to stand guard in my life to protect me and to help me. And so with uh, all eyes open and everyone looking around, 
because uh, we're family. If, if you'd like uh, prayer for more peace in your life, uh, then I'm going to invite you right now to just stand to your feet. This is the first invitation, and, and we'll pray for you this morning. Beautiful, beautiful. Always a sign of strength, never a sign of weakness when we come to the Lord. Let's pray. God, you see these lives, your children. You know exactly each story and what they've been wrestling with, the things in their lives that, uh, that cause them to focus on the world, just, just material, just life. Uh, the stuff that weighs us down, the stuff that that causes worry and fear and anxiety uh, to be amplified in our lives. And Lord, you see these these hearts uh, that that are asking right now for your peace to come into their lives and to really completely overwhelm the 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 fear and the anxiety and the worry. And so, God, I pray that you would, that you would help uh, each person here to experience your peace right now. That they would literally feel the peace of God come into their lives. That they would welcome it. That they would receive it. That they would thank you for it. And, God, I pray that you would give them a strength. A strength that, they, that can't even be explained. A strength that passes all understanding to continually uh, turn their worries over to prayers and to allow your peace to stand guard in their lives, protecting them from worry and fear and anxiety. So, Lord, I I just thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts and lives and uh, pray that you would would continue to, uh, to lead us, be Lord of every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, you folks can have a seat. And appreciate that response. As I was praying, I, um, I remembered a point in my notes. It was actually one of the main points. And it must have been the fly because I missed it. I didn't say it. And I'm, I'm going to uh, the flies. Uh, I'm going to say it now. Out pray your worry and God will overpeace your fears. And I forgot to say that. And that's, a, that's the key point. It's, I don't even know if it's good grammar, but I don't care because I like it. Outpray your worry and God will overpeace your fears. Now, we're in a season here at Moncton Weston where people have been, have been choosing to follow Christ as Savior. And I, as pastor of this church, uh, know how, how faithful we need to be to this season that we're in. And, and what it tells us is that every week there are people who are here who have, who have they've never made... Uh, a specific decision to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They've, they've, they've never quite crossed that line. And I also know, because people tell me this, that uh, there, there's lots of weeks where they're, they're close. They're like, not today. And they're thinking, you know, maybe next week. And here's a great opportunity for you right now to choose to accept and follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never made this commitment, and it would be our privilege, our honor to simply pray with you 
And the invitation that we've been giving has been, has been bold, but I also think it's clear, and I think it's memorable, and I think it, 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 it helps you to take a stand for, for, for Jesus. It helps us as a church to know what God is doing in people's lives, and it gives us an opportunity to celebrate. Uh, the reason why we do everything we do is to see people crossing over from death to life and, and starting a new life in, with Jesus and, and following him. So if you're here this morning and you're, you're, this is today's the time, this is it right now. You're like, I need to uh, accept Jesus into my life as my Savior, and I need to follow him and serve him with the rest of my life. And you'd be bold enough to stand to your feet right now. Uh, we're going to cheer for you. Someone's going to hand you some information, and then we're going to pray together. And uh, if that's where you're at this morning and you'd like to stand and uh, make that decision, then I invite you to stand to your feet right now. It's like silence is okay. It's all right. It's okay to wait a minute. It might take someone a little bit to, to get up the courage and the strength to do that. Is there anyone here? Second service? Hey, congratulations. <laughs> So exciting. Ha! Isn't that great? Oh, I just love it. I never get tired of that. Okay. Um, so you didn't want to be first, but now that someone, someone has stood, uh, you might stand. Is there someone else who would like to stand this morning? Okay, let's all stand together. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right here, right down front. Ha, ha, ha. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Is there anyone else? I'm going to pray with these folks before we, before we sing. Is there anyone else? All right. You guys who stood this morning, you made the most important decision of your lives. There's, there's some big decisions in life, but there's none bigger than who will I serve. That's the big one. So let me, let me, let me pray with you, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just lead you in a prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning for this opportunity to make the most important decision of my life and to choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior. And Jesus, right now in this moment, I am saying that I believe in you and that I will follow you and I will serve you with the rest of my life. This is not just a decision in a moment. This is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And I invite you to come into my life right now and save me from my sin and make me your child. I believe you are God's son, that you were sent to this earth to die on a cross for my sin, that you rose again, that you are alive right now, you're here in this room right now, that we will spend eternity together in heaven. So I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, rescuing me, saving me today, making me your child, and I will follow you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.